Ba-ba-ba-bum. What up, everybody? Sorry, I'm feeling rather festive. It's almost Christmas. Welcome to The Real Deal Podcast. I'm Maddie Marshall, and I am happy to have Nick Sloviak from Houston Heat on with us. Nick, how are ho, you doing? Ho ho. ho, ho, ho. You don't look very much like Santa Claus, though, I, I would say. Well, I mean, I don't have any white hair like some older people I might know. Whoa, that have a birthday whoa, whoa, coming up. hey, bro. Well, I mean, you're just getting your first jab in, I see. It's it's cool. It's cool, bro. It's cool. It's cool. Sorry. I'm going to hold on. I'm sharpening my sword right now. No, uh, yes, I yes, I do look like Santa Claus, um, <laughs> particularly when I grow my beard out. Everything uh, but the fat and jolly part. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, I'd like to think I'm rather jolly depending on the day, you know. Yeah. I think I'm more jolly when I have caffeine. Because I'm addicted to that stuff, but well, that's like a whole nother conversation. Um, so tune in next week. Tune next in week. next week to talk about Matt Marshall's caffeine addiction. So uh, speaking of addictions, paintball man. How so? How how are you feeling this off season? You know, we're uh, we're heading into Christmas here. We're uh, you know midway through the off season, and mm-hmm. one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you, other than that, just you're a fascinating individual and you're a great player, and I've uh, got a good history in the sport, but. Um, other than the normal intelligent conversations that we have, uh, you play for a team that's had a lot going on uh, in the offseason, and I think a lot of people have some questions about moving forward into 2014. And so I wanted to pick your brain about the team. Uh, let's pick, do it. Yeah, let's do it. Talk about the league and um, just how you think things are going to shake down in 2014 and then talk about – you know, the, the cool Nick Sloviak life, traveling around, paintball ambassador extraordinaire. How is that going? Like, have you had any cool trips recently? Like, what's the coolest trip you went on in 2013? The coolest trip of 2013? I don't know. I mean, I enjoy all of them. You know, I think I'm one of those weirdos that really enjoy playing paintball everywhere. Um, but I was just uh, with the guys on the team. We went to South Africa. Um, and that was a blast. Oh, uh, you were on the South African adventure. I just saw Ryan, and he was telling yeah. me how he almost got well, his hand almost got eaten by a shark. Yeah, well, Ryan, Ryan uh, Greenspan, and Ryan Smith, uh, Ryan Smith being from our team, they got they stayed down there for an extra week. I unfortunately, due to work and wanting to come home and see my lovely bride, uh, couldn't do that. But yeah, they had a good time. We had a good time. It was a blast going down there, and just the trip. I mean, you know, you're on a 17 hour flight from DC to, <laughs> to South Africa, and I'm with. Chad George, Sam Monville, Ronnie, and and Ryan Smith. <laughs> you put five of us together on a plane, stuff's gonna get weird. How many little <laughs> airport bottles of vodka did you consume on that flight? No airport bottles. I I tend to stop and get my own <laughs> uh, before I get to the airport. So oh, and I just... think the number is kind of undisclosed. I know they stopped serving Chad and Sam, and they were two rows behind me. <laughs> Got kind of loud at one point. You could just hear their. There's Skittles music playing through their headphones, and then Ronnie, <laughs> Ronnie decided to put it on his like laptop, and I was like, "Dude, come on! It's like 4 a.m. somewhere. We're over like the the Atlantic Ocean. You got to give it a break." But he, they kept the party going strong, and the plane was bumping the entire way to Johannesburg. So just, it was tur- a good just turning it up on the way to South Africa. Love that. Uh, so, yeah. all right. So, so how was that trip? I mean, was this your first time in South Africa? Yeah, first time in, in Africa, first time in South Africa. Um, the people down there were amazing. Uh, they treated us you know, great. We had a paintball team met us at the airport with like a sign. It was pretty cool. I've never had that happen before. Did you get to ride a giraffe back to where you were staying? Or <laughs> no, unfortunately, we just got to feed some monkeys and trying to get. We tried to get them to 
to get into to Ryan's room and he tried to get them into our room. He like jimmied into our jimmied our door and like threw bananas and cereal in our room to try and get the monkeys to sneak in. <laughs> <laughs> so that got a little wild, but uh I didn't get to say Ryan Greenspan and Ryan Smith got to see a lot more. They went yeah, like diving in the, the ocean with great white sharks and all sorts of madness. And so I know a return trip's definitely gonna have to be in the future to to do that with the the guys down there with the Paypal City guys and uh all the rest of them because they were they were wonderful people and treated us like kings, and it was great. Yeah, right. Good, true experience. Greenspan was just singing the praises of Cape Town. He was like, I'm, I want to move there. It was so mad. I just came back to pack my bags. That's it. I'm moving, yeah, I'm right. moving to Cape Town. I was like, uh, okay, sweet, dude. Um, I mean, I don't think he really is, obviously, but he was, uh, you know, he was pretty stoked on the whole experience. And I was like, well, what was so rad about it? And he's just, he's, it's like, it's just so beautiful there. And there's just crazy wild animals everywhere. And everyone's nice. And the food was good. And, yeah, he said Cape Town was just sick, super awesome. So, um, no, it's, but that's a cool thing. I mean, one of the perks of grinding your ass off for years in Midwest obscurity is that one day you might be with Chad George on an airplane listening to Skrillex at four o'clock in the morning. <laughs> that's that's petting, those are the dreams I've had. Petting Since baby cheetahs, boy. you know, just having monkeys come into your room, lured in by Ryan Greenspan throwing bananas. Yeah. That guy, I owe him. What? Uh, so, where else have you been this year? You know, what other sort of adventures have you been on? Um, I mean, we say we played the Millennium Series, so we got to travel all over Europe. Um, I got to go one of the, I think, probably my favorite trip. My favorite trip of the year was uh, I got to go to Okinawa, Japan, and work with the Marines and the Airmen um, on the island and do a couple. I did like four clinics, and being out there with those guys in Japan was unreal. I mean, it was unreal to go to Japan, but then to fly another 1500 miles south to go to Okinawa and see that culture and then meet all these, you know, these our soldiers, airmen and women, and uh, Marines and, and airmen, I guess, um, was unbelievable. And for them to take me in and to stay with them and, and play with them and to see the things that they go through and, you know, to know what the sacrifice that they do, that they still go out there and they set up an airball field on a, a miniature, um, roller rink that it used to be and they do everything themselves the way they take care of themselves is, is unbelievable um who that said they can be who said, all the way out there and do that who set that up i mean was it a military oh, so yeah, guy that, yeah here's a good story cool story with that so um i was up in eminent at mnn pro paintball in minnesota and i was doing a clinic in my first clinic in the snow <laughs> like it was it was ridiculous driving up there we, they got like 11 inches of snow that sounds sweet and, that sounds yeah, super yeah. sweet. It was, and everyone <laughs> showed up. Not one person canceled. People in Minnesota, they go hard. They, they uh, snow, whatever it is, hurricanes, they'll play in it. But uh, at the end of the clinic, a guy came up to me. And I can't for the life of me. I saw, I can't remember his name, but he, he told me about his brother who was stationed over in Japan. He's like, hey, my brother would, you know, they want you to come over there and do a clinic. And I was like, yeah, in Japan. Okay. I mean, sure. Here's my info. Well, later that night, you know, when they woke up in Japan, I had an email from them and we kept going back and forth and through. The, the government, the military has a department, um, outdoor recreation, and I'm not sure if it's with all the branches, but through um, the Air Force, uh, the base I was at, Kadena in Okinawa, they have a, an, an outdoor recreation department, and they have a huge paintball following with all the Marines and the airmen on that base. And so they, they talked it up and got the, the approval for the funding, and they flew me out there and, uh, you know, took care of my ticket and got me a place to stay. And yeah, wow. 
trip of a lifetime right there. That's got awesome. to go see like whale sharks in like one of the, like the second biggest aquarium in Okinawa on this small island in the you know the South Pacific or the Pacific, I guess. That's... It was unbelievable. Yeah, it, how did you get any time? Did you just go straight to Okinawa and spend your time there, or did you spend any time in Tokyo or mainland Japan? Uh, no, just a layover in, in Tokyo. Um, I extended my trip in in uh, Okinawa and stayed there and went snorkeling and hung out with all the guys and they took me around the island and did all sorts of crazy stuff. But um, <clears throat> I say I thought about trying to stay in Tokyo, but and I talked to some of the like Ryan Greenspan. I think I talked to him and Tim Montrosser and the guys that have been over there, but. I didn't feel too comfortable trying to walk around Tokyo by myself. So I was like, yeah, I'll just, I'll just go home from here. <laughs> yeah, it's just uh, to- uh, Japan itself. I-, I went over there to play. Cause, and well, interesting note, it, a lot of people might not under- uh, realize is that uh, it's, is, uh, paintball is illegal in Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have to be playing it on a military base. And, and it's gone. Its legality has kind of gone back and forth a little bit. But um, I-, I actually went over there to play in the first legal uh, ten man tournament. It was legal for like a brief amount of time, and we played in some. I can't remember the name of the city, but I have a really funny story actually about uh, not so much the the ten man tournament, but uh, but I have a funny Japanese story. Um, and <laughs> turning Japanese? Uh, no, it was it it, it revolves a, a French jockey. His tro- <laughs> his trophy his drop den gorgeous ten trophy wife. And uh, a day of playing um, just some, you know, pickup paintball on a military base in, in Japan. And uh, essentially, you know, so we fly over there, go play. Or, you know, then they're like, hey, there's this super famous jockey. And, uh, and he wants to, you know, play paintball with you guys. And, and I was like, okay, cool. You know, I love playing paintball with everybody. So that sounds good to me. And, uh, and so... You know, so we uh, so we were waiting at the Seven Eleven, and the Seven Elevens over there, as they are, it seems like in most countries, aren't like the Seven Elevens over here in the states. In the states, you get t- terrible food, shitty food. It's like mm-hmm. the worst hot dogs ever. They look like they've been rolling around on those those like rollers for fifteen days before you consume them. <laughs> over yes. there, you can get like decent food, and uh, so we're just you know kind of getting some supplies before we head into the base. And so the jockey shows up and uh, comes in. He doesn't really speak English. I don't speak French and, and, you know, his wife is just super gorgeous. And, uh, and, you know, so they come in and, and immediately I'm like looking at this magazine rack and just, just looking at the perplexing language that the Japanese symbols are. I'm just like, what does this <laughs> yeah, right. say? I don't understand. This is crazy. And I'm just, you know, kind of absorbing the experience and just kind of, you know, still waking up and a little jet lagged. And, and so guy comes in and, and, uh, you know, hey, man, I love most people and, and I, you know, give a fair shake to everybody. And, and I guess this guy, for other, from what other people have told me, is a really actually a cool guy. But the first thing this guy starts talking to me about is how famous he is, you know, in his broken English. And, like, mm-hmm. I happen to have this, like, Japanese sporting magazine. And he's like, oh, he's like, oh, you know, uh, he's like, oh, yes, that is me right there. And he's like, you know, talking about how famous he is and you know, and I'm just like, I always get turned off from people if the first thing out of their mouth is like how awesome they are, you know? Um, sure. And then, uh, so then we go in, but he was, you know, he was, he was pretty cool all day, but, um, and then, so, but then we're waiting to get in to the base cause you know, it's a military base and they got to yeah, make sure we're, you in. Yeah, yeah, we're not, make sure we're not terrorists and we're not going to blow anything up <laughs> and then we're, you know, we are who we say we are. So there's this vetting process and you got to sit outside and wait, 
okay, cool. You know, I mean, what? hey man, tell me you got to wait. I'll wait. Sit down and just chill and talk to the people around me. So we're waiting there and his wife is bitching about, do they know who we are? And, you know, this is ridiculous. And why do we have to wait so long? Why can't we just go in? This is stupid. And I'm just like, God, in my head, I'm like, shut up. I mean, we're all waiting here. You can wait too. Nobody cares who you are, how famous you are. And then she's like talking about how like, you know, she's, uh, the, the paparazzi in France thought that he was beating her because she'd show up with paintball bruises and like, and they'd take <laughs> pictures of it. And so she's just talking about all this different stuff. And I'm like, oh God, stop talking about yourself and how cool you are. And then, so we get in and we start playing, we start scrimmaging and, you know, again, no big deal. So then, you know, so we, uh, we're, we're playing on, and, and, the, and at this, you know, the, the, the level of play over in Japan is not that good, you know? So, um, so, uh, so I was, you know, doing like a run through and, uh, and I run through and shoot a couple guys and then th there's one person left and I, you know, so I go up to the bunker and the person's shooting right-handed out the right-hand side and I come up on the left-hand side. They have no idea that I'm there. I have no idea who this person is. I can only <laughs> see their foot and their pack. So I shoot the pack once, shoot the pack once and I'm like, Hey, you're hit, you know, nice. try to be as polite as possible. And, uh, and this person just spins on me hard and just starts blazing. Like the second that I was like shot, or, shot the person in the pack, the person just starts blazing around. And so I just, you know, out of reflex alone, I, you know, I just blaze the inside thigh of this person. I mean, I, you know, I shot the inside thigh probably, you know, three or four times from a foot away. And immediately the shriek began and I realized that it was his wife that I had executed in the thigh as she falls to the ground screaming and holding her thigh. Just like, you know who I am? Yes, yeah, screaming bloody murder. Ah! Falls ground, falls to the ground holding her thigh. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. And I'm like trying to help her up. Get away from me. I'm like, oh God, so sorry. And I just like kind of, you know, I'm trying to apologize. And I'm like, you know, I tried to shoot you in your pack. You spun on me, blah, blah, blah. And, and she's like, whatever. And she like storms off. And I'm like, all right. So then, you know, I, I, I go in and I go and I'm, you know, we're getting ready for the next set. And she pulls her pants down, only wearing panties, you know. And I'm just like, I'm trying not to be a creep. And I'm just, and she has blood welts on the inside of her thigh, blood welts, you know. And, she, and then I'm, and so I'm, I feel so bad. I'm just like, hey, I'm, I'm so sorry. And this is why, and I do apologize for this mistake. I shouldn't have said it this way. I didn't mean it this way, but I mm -hmm. didn't know what to say. So what I said was, I was like, hey, you know, I was like, I'm so sorry. I didn't, I didn't realize that, you know, that it was, um, I can't remember who I was talking to, but I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't realize that it was a woman back there. And, you know, I mean, girls can play with guys, you know, and they should, you know, they deserve everything, you know, and I'm, sure. I don't, I'm not sexist at all, but I was just like, I, and it came out wrong. So again, I apologize for that. But so I said that and she overheard, she starts ripping me a new one. Like who, you know, <laughs> who the hell do you think you are? This and that I play with these guys all the time and I can take it. And I'm thinking to myself, like, Man, I don't know if you just watch yourself fall to the ground <laughs> yeah. crying, but, uh, you know, <laughs> I'm sitting here. First of all, you cheated me. Second of all, you're screaming bloody murder after cheating up a storm. You know, like, okay, fine. So I just, I shut up. I didn't say anything, but all day long, I hunted them down with yeah, no mercy. Nice. Every single point would literally like wave other people off so I could bunker them maliciously all day long. You know, <laughs> it's just, so that was my... That's my that's my Japan story, but uh, but it's it was where you, where you beat the French people. Yeah, I you know I, hey I I actually no really, Japanese involved. Yeah, no, there's no <laughs> Japanese involved. Um, I actually really love French people. I have a great time every time I go over there. A lot of French friends, but it was just I don't know. Like arrogance is one of those things that kind of turns me off a little bit. And it, and again, I've heard really good things about this dude. Uh, 
from other people that I know well. So I'm sh- I'm sure. sure that if I hung out with him again, he'd be super cool. But whatever. It was <laughs> it's still a funny story. It happened. Yeah. And uh the way it's just, they're acting, it comes back to get you, right? Yeah, that's what they push spun on me, man. You know, I mean you stay <laughs> you stay cheat me, you know, you're gonna get you're gonna get put to the ground if possible, you know? So it's just No one of, spins on Maddie <laughs> But uh but yeah, but that that's just that's one of the cool things about the travel, though, you know, is that you get to experience these interesting places with interesting people and, you know, get funny, hilarious, crazy or crazy stories. Um, yeah. What's the coolest place you've ever been? Like, what's the place that you've, you know, been on all your travels where you're like, well, OK, this this is pretty rad. I can't believe I'm here. Uh, I've been going to Ireland to do a clinic. I've always wanted to go there. Right. And I never I mean, I never would have imagined that I'd be going to Ireland and partying in Dublin to, you know, for paintball. Um that Venezuela was really great playing the Dominican Republic and a couple tournaments down there. Um, I have a blast with all the, I mean, I think everywhere, I don't think there's, there's certain things that stand out about every place. Um, cause they're, every place is unique, but I think as you were saying, right, the, the stories, right. And the different people, I think the one thing that I've come to appreciate and I think I love is everywhere I go and dealing and playing with paintball players um, and listening to their their unique stories is that we're all linked, right? We've all gone through the same thing when it comes to you know grinding it out and <clears throat> you know sacrificing this or that to to play for the sport. And it's the thing that's amazed me is going all over the world and meeting the same kids and players who have this essentially the same story, right? Um, and generally, that you know, it's things for them are a lot harder than they are in the U.S. just because of all the resources and the you know the opportunities we have here um so that's i think the one thing i hold most dear about everything is going everywhere and being able to share those stories with people and talking about how and just listening to them and hearing how they came up in paintball and the things that they have to do and be like hey man that's how it is for like every kid back in the u.s trying to come up and play you know i mean yeah granted things are cheaper for the most part um you know we don't have to import all that much stuff and there's the the the, the demographic is a lot bigger but you know i i didn't finish college you know i'm I had to pay a hundred, you know, when I started playing, I was paying a hundred dollars a case and working three jobs and, you know, didn't do this or do that. So that's, I think that's the one thing, no matter where I've gone, as, as much as it's great to go to those places and be unique, but sharing those moments with paintball players all across the world with them and, and just playing is, is probably the best part. Yeah. It, it is interesting that, that through travel and through, even if it's just, um, you know, going from Northern California to Southern California or, you know, from one state to another, just within the, the continental United States, let alone go to other places. I mean, what you do notice is that all, like everyone's the same. Everyone cares about the same stuff. Everyone mm-hmm. mostly talks about the same. I mean, there's lots of cultural differences and, you know, slight differences in appearance and how people dress and that sort of stuff and a little bit of what they eat, but everybody cares about the same stuff. And I, and I think that it really kind of ages you uh, ages your soul. And we talked, we talked about, I talked, this is an ongoing theme, honestly, with a lot of the guys we talked to on the podcast. So people probably heard this before, but yeah, that shit is true. You know, it's very true is, is that when you get to have these experiences with other people, it makes you wake up and understand like, we're not really that different, honestly, at your core. And, nope. and it really kind of gives you this, this, this sort of wisdom about other people, other cultures that I don't necessarily think you get by, watching the news, watching these, you know, just like living your day-to-day life. And because, yeah. uh, th- th- you know, the powers that be um, within the world paint us, you know, they want – everything is tribalism. It's, it's all different. But ultimately, at the end of the day, 
um, everyone's the same. And I mean, that, that's kind of the cool thing. That's one of the reasons I love going to World Cup, you know, is because there's always mm-hmm. so many different people there from different countries that you get to talk to. And I mean, did you ever kind of, I mean, did you always have this vision in your head that this is where you were going to be or were you shocked? Was it like, yeah, I knew I was going to do this or were you, have you been shocked at how far you've gone in the paintball world or is this? Oh yeah. Yeah. It's definitely, it's definitely been shocking. Um, you know, I I got into paintball. It was fun to do. My parents supported it. My dad took me for the first time and then I ran into the, to Chris Ocean and his brother Greg and his dad and they were playing and and they were like, yeah, come play tournaments. And I was like, no, screw this. I'm happy wearing my, my camouflage and sneaking around in the woods. And it just the competitive side took over and, you know, other things happened, you know, that just fueled my, my fire to keep playing. And uh, it's just you get so deep into it. And I've been fortunate enough um, with the help of Pro, say with Pro Caps and then GI through Richmond, Opie and Rab to get a job and be where I'm at now. And I, I don't know that I can imagine really doing anything else. Um, no, I love it. So, how did where? How old were you when you started? Um, I was twenty twenty, I think, when I started at Pro Caps, when it was still Pro Caps. No, no, no. I mean, like when you were oh. playing. Like when did you first start playing? Oh, I started when I was eleven, twelve. So oh, it's wow. been seventeen years, I think. Wow, that's a long time. Yeah, but I mean, for the most part, I just played. I mean, a couple of us. We, a friend of mine, his dad. Uh, he was like security for a quarry. And so we just go back there and just shoot each other, right? It was I didn't get into competitive paintball probably for another like five years, six years after I just started playing recreationally. And I would just get good grades in school and work my way up to um, uh, to get better equipment. And then I found out that my my friends, Mike Morley, Chris Sosin, Greg, and their dad, uh, Randall, <laughs> Mike Sosin played – and um, they were in the tournament side of it, and they they dragged me out of the woods and pulled me and <laughs> pulled me into the tournament side of things. So you had, um, you originally were happy just playing outlaw and rec ball, and then oh yeah, didn't really want to play tournaments or no, I I actually hated it. I hated playing tournaments. I hated having someone shooting because I mean I didn't have any electronic guns at the time when they were coming out. I was still rocking my autococker, and people were getting well, they were not so much electronic. I mean auto mags and. Um, just stuff that could shoot faster than me. <laughs> like when the angel came out, all the guys got angels and I'm still shooting my auto cocker. But people were like, they were in my face. I'm like, yeah, I'd like to be sneaky and not play on hyperball fields and <laughs> get this crap shot out of me. Like, this isn't no fun. But it just it was the competitive side, you know. I got to got to know my, my friends and my teammates really well and um, started playing tournaments and just fell in love with it. What was it about? I mean, do you remember the moment when you were thinking, "Yeah, this is for me"? Was there a hook? I mean, if because if initially you were so against it, what was it about the experience of playing competitive paintball that brought you in so vividly, so you know, intensely? I mean, because this is, you know, I mean, really given a lot of your life to it, and obviously it's paid some dividends for you. You got a job, and you know, you're on a world, you've won a world title now, and you know, you're well known and you get to travel around. And I mean, there's been a lot of bonuses for you that you obviously earned throughout the way. But what what kind of, I mean, obviously, if that wasn't what you envisioned, um, what was the hook? You know, what what was it about tournament paintball that, that finally brought you into the fold? I, I think most of it, um, and it's not even so much about just playing tournaments. It was more about, um, like, I've played baseball my entire life since I can remember. That's a sport I've always played. And in getting into paintball, especially like in, in being in high school and trying to play baseball in high school and then playing paintball at the same time when I started getting into tournaments, 
just the the camaraderie camaraderie and the, the times I had with with Chris, Mikey, Greg, their dad, and then all the rest of the guys when we played divisional, we played ten man and um, came up through X ball when that first started. Just the times I had playing that were just way more fun than dealing with uh, playing baseball. Like I just didn't have the friendships. Um, and the times, you know, you spend bonding with people at airports and hotel rooms and driving all across the state or, you know, the country to go play tournaments that just wasn't there. And, um, the competitive side of me just kind of took over and I got better at it, you know, with the help of my teammates and playing other teams. And I was like, you know what, this is great. This is a lot of fun. I mean, I still enjoy going out and playing recreationally in the woods a lot. I try and do that as much as possible, but I think it was the people and the things, the times we spent, the memories we made and created that really got me hooked because I didn't, I had nothing like that. I'd never done anything like that with anybody else through all the, the other teams that I've been a part of, even through like, you know, I was a, I was a boy scout going on those trips. I still never had anything like I really had with, uh, with paintball. And I think that's what really hooked me and going out and, and doing that and sacrificing all those things with those people. Um, I think it brings you closer, you know, and that, and that of course can apply to anything that you go through, but it was for paintball for me. And, um, the tournament side took over and, and then I think there was a there was a, a part where I got cut from the team because I didn't think I was dedicated enough. And that I'd say too probably really turned it around for me because I was like, screw you guys, I am dedicated enough. You know, I'm working four jobs. I can't. I mean, I can't afford to go every weekend, but I'm going to push myself to become better than you. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to say that I did. But so the hook was people. spite. Then that was the hook. <laughs> yeah, I, I, that, that was. You know what? That actually was part of it. You know, but there was a time too where. I was, you know, driving from from my house, my parents' house, to Badlands, um, where a shock was out of to play them. It's seventy five miles one way, and I would, you know, every Saturday I drive down there. Saturday, drive home, drive down Sunday, drive home. Um, I was spending all my time and all my money doing it, and I was getting to the point where I can't afford to do this anymore. Like, you know, I'm out of high school. I've got to start, you know, college. I got to figure out what I'm going to do with my life. At least that's the those are the pressures you're feeling at that point um, when you're younger. And uh, fortunately, things worked out to where I made the team. But, you know, that I almost got – I just quit because I was like, I, I don't know if I'm going to make it. And luckily for me, Rennick, Psalm, and the rest of the guys on shock at the time, uh, LP, Blake, Darcy, they, they – uh, Tristan, they helped me out and they got me through it. And I got to play with them and, and that was – that dream come true. You know, that was – that's a whole other – podcast in itself <laughs> well give us the short version i got you here i gotta get the story out you know i mean i mean it's just so i mean i can remember being with you know when we first started our team and getting into tournaments and just hearing i mean we couldn't we didn't go to all the tournaments but you'd hear about um about aftershock winning and you'd see you'd wait for the, the trauma head videos to come out in 720 and and whatever whatever other stuff there was paint magazine and you i mean you just wait to hear that. And it was always about shock, shock, shock and being able to play at Badlands and see those guys from time to time and hear them and watch them fight and beat each other up and <laughs> intimidate the <laughs> hell out of you was one thing. But then to, you know, to, to be able to talk to them and say, Hey, you kids get in here and play because Ronnie Simpkins is taking too long to get his shit together or God knows whatever else was going on was that was the, the amazing part. And then, you know, not even realizing, not even knowing what you're doing. You were just so nervous and excited all at the same time and getting blown to pieces but then working your way up the chain to where now they just want to play you. And then that's all I would do is just drive out there and try and play and play and play with them. And, and then having, I mean, Jason Califf and, and Damien getting on the team and even Chris Ocenfer at one point got on the team um, before I did actually. And I don't know how many people know that, uh, but he left to go back and play with, 
with the rest of the guys, but then finally making it. I mean, I don't know that my words can sum up just what the the status that or the the what they held in my mind is being part of that. Just from hearing them win um, and watching them play and being like, you know, they're the best team out there. I want to be a part of that. And well, just being able to see them and like almost touch it and then slowly work your way in. And then, you know, Psalm sat me down. It's like, hey, we want you to play on the team. And this is like three weeks before the next event. And I'm already on a team. Like, hey, guys. They, and they all came in. All the guys came in Chicago from Denver Altitude. And I was like, hey, um, I'm going to be playing against you this weekend. I got to lead the team. I'm playing on shock. And that was something I swore I'd never do, right, after everything I went through. But I was like, I, you know, I can't believe I just did this. But here's the opportunity of a lifetime. And Psalm and Rennick kind of put it on me, like, well, if you say no, we can't ever have you on the team. So I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> I got to do it. Oh, they got you. With, that's the oldest trick in the book, man. Yeah, well, it worked for me. I'm 20 years old, and they're like, yeah, you want to play? And I was like, oh, my God. I'm in. Yeah, well, I mean, getting in, you know, there's certain teams that if you grew up in certain areas – that's yeah, how it was, you know. Yeah. If you if you play, if you were a Midwest paintball kid uh, aftershock, those were your gods, man. I mean, they were the guys that were larger than life and had just been there and done that and won so much and really helped build the game, the modern game, into what it is. And uh, you know, you get a chance to play on a team like that. It, it's, I mean, after working so hard, you know, it, it, it's really tough to pass up. I mean, it really, it, it's just. You know, it's one of those defining moments along your way. And some sometimes there's a lot of those moments. I mean, then how hard it was it, you know, to fast forward the story a little bit. But I remember we had a conversation when you left shock to go to heat. That was, you know, and you were kind of tortured by that because it was, oh, yeah. I mean, that was a really, really hard decision for it. I don't think people understand how hard it was for you to make that decision. But talk me through that a little bit. Yeah, that was... And that's still to this day. I mean, because I'll see Reddick and I'll talk to Bruno um, through work and just going down and playing at Badlands. And it's still, it's it it feels like it feels wrong in a sense. And 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 it's, I don't know if that's the right thing to say. It's just how it feels. Um, kind of like you're in Bizarro was, Land. Like you're like, whoa, this is like an alternative universe where I'm on this like big superstar team and we're going to play. I'm not on shot. I, you know, I don't know. It's kind well, of it's, weird. it's say when I showed up there for the first time at Badlands and I put a heat jersey on and I wasn't wearing. <laughs> you know, blue or green with aftershock across my chest. That was really hard, you know, and, and then to look Rennick in the eye and, and Bruno, you know, it was tough, man. Um, because those guys, you know, and Psalm and they've, they've supported me and they, you know, they helped me get to where I, where I am with everything they've done. And it's been, you know, paintball's been had ups and downs and, and those guys have sacrificed a lot to keep everything going. So, I mean, it was tough and that making that decision, um, I really had intended, you know, to kind of not, not play. I mean, it was just with the way the years had gone on shock and especially after, you know, doing winning Vegas, which was just a whole nother trip in itself. And then having everyone leave the way they did. Um, and then, you know, rebuilding and, and practicing with the guys and being like, man, this is, this is a whole other work in progress that, you know, where I'm at it being, being 26, 27 years old, it's going to take four years, five years. And, you know, who knows what other speed bumps are going to be along the way with that. And, you know, I'd rather just go and, you know, play some other leagues and just take time to figure stuff out, focus on my job. Um, but then, you know, opportunity came, came knocking with, <laughs> with yeah, yeah. And, and heat. And then actually, you know, I'm on a, I'm on a flight with cut it down to Houston and show up and there's some Russians and Chad George and the rest of the guys. And I'm like, no way. And then the rest is kind of history, I guess. 
Yeah, I mean, that must have been, and that in and of itself was a, such a fascinating story because if people are unfamiliar with it, you you guys went on to, you know, win the championship that year. You won three events in 2012, and and then this year you guys won another one, winning four out of ten. Yeah. Uh, so that was, I mean, kind of a, a legendary run. No one's really had, no one's put together, I mean, superstar teams have been put together and done well. Superstar teams have been put together and struggled. Um you know, but it's it's it was really cool what Heat was able to do up until this point. Uh, so before we kind of get into where Heat's going in the future, kind of how how did how's how did that feel? Like, you know, I mean, 2012 seems like kind of a mystical performance from from Heat at that time. Yeah, I mean, I think it was, <clears throat> especially after the way the first event went, having to to uh, to replay it or I guess finish it. Um, in Phoenix was that was a whole other trip in itself because it, it it's it seemed like we were tested but we weren't right I mean we played our two games we had a really crazy game against the Russian Legion right which was huge for um, our for Sergey Mishka and Fedorov um, and then we were done you know we had to wait for for Phoenix and I think mostly because of the weather those those fields even though they were the same layout played completely differently. Um, and just the, the amount of practice you can get on it. So going into Phoenix and playing um, one whole day and taking second uh, to damage and then being able to redo it again, I think, yeah, yeah, you know, it said it best. And, you know, you, you play a tournament, and if you don't do well, especially if you get second, and I've gotten sex, like getting second at World Cup <laughs> years ago, mm-hmm. um, you have a whole flight, you know, you have a whole off-season to think about it, those time in between events, but to be able to take second – work your ass off that whole day and then turn around the next day and start a whole new tournament. I think that really supercharged us um, along with the, the amazing support we have from Mama D and the rest of the Heat family. Um, and then winning that event was just, I mean, for my first PSP event, Pro Win, was un- unbelievable to see players LJ and Sam step up and do a good job. Air Moscow was all over the place. Um, yeah. <laughs> it was it was just a, a great time. And to to win that way with those guys, with the team, and to to think like, wow, like that wasn't that wasn't bad. Like, let's do this. Like, you know, we've got nothing to lose. Everything's clicking. Everyone's having a good time. Let's just take this positive momentum, this positive energy, and focus on to the next events. And it seemed to pay off pretty well. Yeah, uh, that's putting it lightly. Yeah. Do you think that you guys would have had, I mean, it's tough to tell. It's, this is one of those intangibles, who knows? But do you think if you guys hadn't started out the way you did, that it could have continued on the way that it ended up happening? Or do you think that that was a giant boost for you guys and really supercharged uh, the mentality? Like, oh, damn, dude, we can actually do this. You know, I mean, like, I know we just put this team together, but it's already clicking. I, mean, yeah, I just- think I think regardless, we would have we would have done well. I mean, we would have won. I, 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 there was no, I don't think there was any doubt in anyone's mind. I think I... Obviously, that you know you're gonna have your ups and downs, but um, just so you sometimes you, I sit back and you just watch guys play, and that's, I got to see this, you know, all year the last two years with everyone on the team, and it's just like, man, these guys are unstoppable. And Trove did an amazing job of just recognizing that in players and putting people in and putting them in their spots. And you just, you know, I could sit back and just watch people play, whether I'm playing, you know, they're in front of me, um, and just be like, wow, yeah. You know, you, you just get that feeling, I guess, it, it maybe, and I'm still learning it. I don't think you know, I'm not an expert in this at all. Um, just having the, it's like two really successful years, I guess. But uh, 
it, you just get that feeling and you can see it in people's eyes and the way they carry themselves. And when people are honest about, you know, the mistakes they made and what they need to, what you need to do to get better and everything just clicked. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going off topic, but it's just, I don't think we would have had, a, I think we would have won. We would have done, we would have had a really successful year the first year and the way everything worked out, that's the way it happened. So heading into this year, you guys did win an event this year, but it wasn't the ridiculousness that 2012 was. So how was this year mentally for the team? Um, I mean, guys, everyone got a lot more comfortable. You know, I think you know, you set, we set the bar, right? We set it really high. And it's, I guess, you know, if you don't perform like as you did in the past year, you don't win. You know, do people question what's going on? Um, did people take it? To, I think some people took it. Myself included, took it a little too easy in practice, um, you know, thinking, yeah, it's just going to click, you know, it'll work out. But you got to put the work in. <clears throat> Not to say that we didn't, but um, people getting more comfortable and getting to know each other a little bit better, it, it became easier to point fingers. And I think we as a team fell apart more in the pits. Um, and, and when people made mistakes, they didn't own up to it. And they just came back and, and pointed fingers. So I think that was a, a big issue. Um, but, you know, it's not easy to win a tournament. <clears throat> and with the way the PSP went this year with the, the restructuring of the, the challengers and the champions, you know, it definitely it made every point count. And, you, you know, if you didn't go out there and give everything you had every point and, you know, run that flag in because every flag, you know, counted, uh, you were going to suffer for it immensely. Yeah, and I, I, well, I'm just glad that, you know, so let's take us to where we are currently because, you know, so, okay, so he'd had the dominant year 2012, 2013, pretty damn good. I mean, you guys still won an event, which is incredibly hard to do. Um, but, you know, the three Russian guys combined for something like over 500 kills. And, you know, obviously those guys are studs. Um, but now mm -hmm. they're going to Art Chaos. And, and a lot of people, you know, so this is really kind of why I want to touch base with you and, you know, let people know what's going on. But a lot of people were like, oh, you know, they're going to lose those guys. And, 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 but I, I, I really know that after seeing the, the, the talent possibilities of, of what the other guys on the team can do, I looked at it like, well, yeah, yeah, they're losing those guys, but you know, it's heat. So they got a decent bankroll. I'm sure they can go after some people, but also to me, if I was on that team, I would be looking at like, all right, well now is our chance to shine. Now, you know, we head into 2014 and, Probably guys like, I mean, look at a guy like LJ. He's young, and I think he's got the talent. To, I, I, we know he can play at this level. He, we've seen it. And, oh, yeah. uh, and, and there's, I just think that the guys that are still on that team, uh, that are still on your team, could potentially be, um, you know, it's going to be tough to live to fill the shoes of Fedorov or Mishka or Sergey. But at the same time, I'm really, I think, just think it's a really great story, and it's a great opportunity. I mean, rarely in life do you get these opportunities to go out and prove to yourself, ultimately, and to the world. But at the end of the day, at the end of your paintball journey, it's all about proving it to yourself. Um, and uh, and I just think that you know that this year could be a really cool year for some of those guys on your team. So I mean, how how are things shaping up for 2014? Well, I mean, obviously, <laughs> we lost, say, the Russians and, 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 uh, as you know, the Russians and Chad, or, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Jacob. Yeah. Um, and I guess just to clarify with, I don't know, you know, with the Russians leaving, you know, it was a thing that it's not like they were going to be able to stay with the team, you know, five, 10 years. You know, they traveling from Moscow, I don't know how, how long of a flight that is totally. I think it's between like 14 and 16 hours. 
you know, for they didn't, none of them lived here. They would come in early before we would to get acclimated. It's, you know, they have family and friends and, you know, Mishka, you know, he's got a, a, a beautiful baby daughter now that's only a couple months old, mm-hmm. you know, it, and he's getting older. It's just something that where they were, they put their time in and, you know, they had to make decisions to stay, stay at home, near to home and play with their friends. So there's no hard feelings there. And it was something that we totally understood along with Jacob, you know, wanting to be closer to home. Um, so it was like, I, I guess for me to them, you know, and talking through here, all the best to them. And it was a joy. I never would I imagine in a million years I'd get to play with the Russian players with Fedorov, Mishka, or Sergei, and even Jacob for that matter, a little turd in Florida. <laughs> <laughs> well, but before we kind of head into like how you feel about things for 2014, what, what was some of the, what was like the, cause you know, Fedorov is particularly and Mishka as well. I mean, a lot of people are, you know, uh, talk a lot about Fedorov, of course, it's Konstantin Fedorov. He's one of the best ever to play the game, but so is Mishka. And, oh, and, yeah. and Sergey, you know, being doing what he did uh, really contributed a lot to those guys and, and anyone that was in front of him being able to do what they do, which is what somebody in his position, if you're good at it, that's what they're able to do. So a lot of teamwork involved there. And then, of course, there's the overarching, you know, structure of the team itself to provide the opportunity to let you go out there and do what you can do. Um, so not to take anything away from that, but... I mean, since we got you on the, on the mic right now, what was the coolest thing you've ever, you've personally ever seen Fedorov or Mishka do? You know, I mean, was there like a point where you're just like, man, that was, that was, that was sick. Like, um, a, I'd say in all three of them, I mean, seeing Sergey play as tight as he has, I've never, I'm being of similar, by essentially build, I've, I wish I could get as tight as, as, as he is. I mean, I've, I've seen him outlast and pull off four on twos. And this is going throughout practice and just events, you know, where it's like anyone else would get pinched out and be dead. But somehow he, he manages to survive. Mishka is one of the sneakiest guys. And I don't even know if sneaky is the word, but he just happens to have a sense of when he can just move. And he's in the next, you didn't even, you know, you'd, it'd be a, a millisecond and he's already moved and you go to look out and he's putting two balls in your face. I watched him do that all the time. <laughs> it was like, yes, he's on my team. Thank you, God. <laughs> yeah. um, Fedorov essentially encompasses all of that. Um, I've watched him play and gotten shot by him in practice. I don't, I don't know how many hundreds of times where it's just like it's three on one. We're all shooting at him, and he comes out through the stream and shoots one ball, and it's going to hit me right in the face. And I've watched him do that to so many people. Um, and where he just can't miss. It doesn't matter. You don't. Doesn't matter what he does. Like the World Cup 20, 2012 against Damage, there were times where he get in the Dorito side and he would just come out for a second and shoot a guy and then do it again. And it's just like, un, I don't know, a gift from God. It's skill. It's everything all into one, and it's amazing. And it, it's just to sit back and be able to watch those guys play, to play with them, and then to have them because they would teach us. They would work with us constantly. Um, about the, way, the ways to improve or what they thought, and we'd go back and forth, and we'd spend a majority of our practices, the end of it, doing that and doing drills with them. But to be able to share those moments with them and just to sit back and watch them play and be able to play with them was is a joy. And then to share all the moments we did off-field, you know, going on various trips and just hanging out was – it's something I'll never forget, and I feel truly blessed to be able to have shared that with them. What sort of things would they – what sort of knowledge would they try to drop? I mean, is there anything, like, specific that, you know, our listeners a lot. Could- a lot of it would be snap shooting. I mean, if you say you could watch Mishka snap shoot, I think he's probably he's got one of the quickest snapshots I've ever seen in my life. And um, they do it a little differently. And they've I've tried to teach it at some clinics before and explain it, but I haven't. There's no way I've mastered it. Um, but at one point, I say I got into the one-on-one in Chicago with 
with Rumsey, I tried to do it. And I was like, nah, I'm not going to say I tried to do their snapshot and get blown away. So <laughs> I'm not, not going to do this. But Mishka, he's got his own little form of snap shooting where he's got positive and negative and the way he holds his gun and he turns his body and snaps out <clears throat> and he will set up targets at the end of practice and I'll sit there with Ronnie or myself or LJ and we'll go out there and just watch him do it and try and mimic it. And I, I mean, I still to this day can't get it down as quickly and as, as efficiently as he does, but that's a big one. The way they look at how to play a field. I mean, Fedorov has got all sorts of, I mean, everyone's seen him dive everywhere and, and make these ridiculous moves throughout the middle of the field, but the way he can read a field, he would share that with every, with everybody like, Hey, come here, sit here, shoot this, shoot that. It's like, yeah, Fedorov, I know, but every time you do it, you shoot somebody and I just maybe scare him a little. So <laughs> <laughs> I'll try it, but I'm like, don't get mad at me when I get blown to pieces. Yeah. Like, no, do not worry. You will do it. I believe in you. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, they, I mean, any, any ideas that they had, they would go over with us. And that was a really cool thing, you know, because of the, the way that they were, they were brought up in paintball through the Russian Legion camp and, um, it was great, and that was, I think, the, one of the big things that helped the team right away was just that camaraderie and the the, the willingness to share stuff so much. And no one, no one had a big head, and no one was like, "Well, you know, he's from Russia," or you know, when Jacob came on, oh, he's you know, he was a Tampa Bay Damage guy. Like everyone was just brought together and was open about everything, and uh, I think that really helped the team's success as well. Yeah, I mean, I haven't really spent a lot of time with Sergey, um, but he's always been, he's always <laughs> been cool. But uh, but I have over the years, you know, kicked it with uh, Fedorov and Mishka, and uh, Fedorov's English got a lot better when he moved to the states to play with all Americans, Philly Americans, a while back. So it's yep. easier to communicate with him than it is Mishka. But Mishka is always smiles, always happy. He's always been a really kind and genuine person. So it's it is kind of cool to see somebody guys that are that good at what they do. Um, be you know just approachable, super cool people, you know. So yeah, we you know, I and I think I think everyone wishes them the best on Art Chaos. It does make a lot of sense for them, like you said. I mean, that's you know, it's it, it is it totally makes sense the move that they made to that team, and that team's yeah. going to be a force next year for sure. Yeah, I'm excited. I can't wait to shoot them. <laughs> <laughs> so so talk to me about where the mindset is for Heat heading into 14 currently with the roster that you have. Uh, I mean, everything is good. It's kind of like you said, you know. I mean, obviously, the the Fedorov, Sergei, and Mishka um, did a lot for the team. You know, they easily, you could say, single-handedly won won some of those events. Um, so it's just, you know, you're they're taking that weight and passing it on to everyone's shoulders, and I, everyone's understood that. And we just know that we have to divide that up and you know play as a team. People are going to have to step up at certain times, you know, at most of the times, and do as as much as they possibly can to help us win. And uh, I think that's a challenge that everyone embraces and they're excited. You know, there's going to be some new additions to the team, um, which I'm sure people will find out about probably, you know, in the next year after the holidays <clears throat> in a month or so. So that'll be fun. Um, things are always evolving and changing. And, uh, you know, we're excited. To, I think we've got practice coming up. We'll be down in your neck of the woods here uh, the third week of January. We'll be down in California for a practice for a week. So, you know, the grind's going to start, you know, I just say I got done playing. I've been playing with Ronnie. LJ's recovering from shoulder surgery. Sam and Chad have been playing. So everyone's ready to get back together, get the band back together and get things started. So how is Woodley's shoulder? Because, uh, you know, that, that point that he played with his shoulder dislocated at Cup was definitely one of the toughest things I've ever seen anybody do on the paintball field. 
Um, yeah, that was, was pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, that was bad. Did you watch that? Did you go back and watch it on the webcast? Yeah, that. I mean, that's the say one of the gifts of the webcast. You see some things from all new angles that you never expected. Um, you yeah, can't, that looked can't hide tough. from. It, the it reminded me of what Brandon Short, I think, in World Cup years ago. He did that. Yeah, there was, the slight difference though was that uh, Brandon was able to put his shoulder back in right away. Oh yeah, LJ's yeah. And then and then Brandon Brandon's was heroic because he dislocated his shoulder and I think it was in the finals in World Cup, but put his shoulder yeah. right back in. And then as soon as after he put it back in, he comes right back out, and shoots somebody. Whereas, but why Woodley's was so badass was because Woodley's shoulder was dislocated the entire point. He spent the whole. He wouldn't let the ref pull him off the field. He refused. He was the last guy left alive. You guys lost that point, but he refused to leave the field, and his shoulder was out of joint the entire point. If I mean that, I've never had dislocated shoulder. I've seen a ton of them dislocated, and I mean that's just uh, that's that's tough, man. That's yeah, no bueno. <laughs> oh man, it it looked bad. It, it definitely. I mean, my producer at one point came on, and you know, while we were doing the call, and Todd was talking or something, he's like, "Hey, man, we can't keep showing that. It's gonna make people puke." And I was like, <laughs> and "I was like, yeah, that might be the right call, man. You know, <laughs> so let's see how it plays out." But, um, but no, yeah, I, I think heading into next year, I, I just it's heats one of those stories in 2014. I can't wait to see how it plays out. I can't wait to see who you guys end up picking up off the free agent market, and. Uh, and I can't wait to see how guys, you know, I mean, obviously, but I mean, when you break it down, you know, because paintball is very positional. And I think that you have to look at the game that way. So when you look at guys you have played snake or played the, the, the D side, and then I, I just, I feel that you can have, you, the Heat will, should have a very competitive team. I mean, you know, Chad George is one of the best snake players in the league. In, in 2012, when we pulled the coaches, uh, he was, you know, one of those guys that so many coaches time and time again were like, yeah, I'd pick Chad George as my snake guy. And that's that's saying something, you know, and I think Dizon's mm -hmm. great, a great future in front of him. He hurt himself a little bit last year, so he's out for a little bit and, you know, it's tough to get playing time on heat. But I think Dizon's great, a great future. I think Woodley's got a great future. We know Sam Monville can play ball. Uh, oh, yeah. And and you showed. I mean, you didn't get a ton of points, but every time you got reps, man, you were you were getting your G's and you were getting your kills. You did great with limited action. And that was another thing I wanted to ask you about. Was I think that you know there's a lot of guys out there on a lot of different teams that are were, that are that are currently or will be in the future or have been in the past can relate to that. You know, you're you've, you're you're obviously really good, or you wouldn't be on the team. Um, but you know, when you have to sit as many points to watch Sergey go out and do his thing and, you know, you guys are winning tournaments and doing really well, but then when you get in, you're, you're doing your job. Mentally, what is that like? I mean, how do you deal with that? And because I think a lot of guys could probably learn from what you did. You know, I mean, you were able to man up and, and you know, take sitting like a boss, at least from the outside perspective, because when you got out there, you were getting it done, you know? So it's, it's just one of those things. There's a lot of guys out there that I really feel could probably that are be interested to hear what you have to say about that. I, I mean, it's tough, man. It was really tough. And that was the challenge in itself was thinking it through in my head. Like, you know, obviously I want to, I want the best for the team. Right. But I want, you want to, everyone wants to go out there and contribute. You want to go out there and, and help your team win um, <clears throat> and play. And I mean, you know, there were times where it was really tough um, not playing and sitting there watching, you know, the same guys play over and over again. But that, this is something I think you have to swallow, right? And you have to do what you can for the team. And when you get your chances to go out there, you do the best you can. Um, you know, you try not to, you don't, don't try not to make any excuses and, just, and put everything out there in the chances you get and then realize it's for the betterment of the team. And it's, I guess that's hard to it's, say. It was really hard to do for me coming from, from shock and then playing just about every point 
to, you know, coming in and sitting. And <clears throat> it's something that I'd say still had to work. I'm still working on getting over, even though the season hasn't started yet. But um, it's tough. I, I don't know that I have an answer for it, like, because it's still something that I'm trying to figure out. And I, it's, it's, you know, do I, you know, try and be selfish and say, like, you know, I'm better than him, or if I went out there, I would have shot this guy or done that, or um, that's the easy road, you know, for sure. I, yeah, it is the easy road, but the, you know, the way the team works out, and everyone understands this, is Jason calls a line and calls the play. And you know, Jason's open. You go and talk to Jason about anything you want. Like, hey, why aren't I playing? It's like, well, hey, for the plan, the play I have set in mind, you know, Sergey, Mishka, uh, LJ, or whoever, Ryan Smith, you know, they're the guys I think will get the job done the best, you know. And so that's the way the team's set up. Everyone's agreed on it, and that's the way it goes. And I'd say, honestly, a, a big joy of mine came just sitting there and watching those guys go out there and do what they're doing, you know, and realize, hey, this is, I'm part of something bigger. And, you know, we're, we're being successful. And it, there's always times where you can second guess that and be like, well, if I was out there, I would have done this or I would have done that. But it's just the way it goes and you just have to deal with it and, you know, prove yourself in practice that, you know, if you want to fight for that spot and show that you're better and, you know, then again, you get that chance to go out there, perform, you know, coach might see it, coach might not, he might put you back in, he might not. But as long as you know, you went out there and you gave it your all for your team to try and win for that, you know, team play, then that's the most you can ask for. Yeah, absolutely. I, I guess. Mean, that, that's well, what I'm still working on. <laughs> <laughs> to be continued. Yeah, you're like, well, at least that's what I keep telling myself. But uh, Well, yeah, I mean, I don't, you know, I don't know. I say I've, I've only lived once, and I'd, I'd say it's not something I've talked to any other players about openly, really. Like, hey, you know, how do you feel about this, or what would you do? It's really easy to look at the, I guess, to be the negative parts of it. Like, yeah, I'm totally better, or hype yourself up. But at the end of the day, that's just the way it works out and you have to make the most of the situation you're in. And I'm, you know, I'm sure I could have talked to Jason more, or, you know, I could have tried to work harder and, and, you know, done more at practice to maybe earn a better, like a spot on the going out there. But there are chances like Jason's given me my fair share chances. And, you know, I, maybe if I went out there, I would have got a major penalty and cost us the finals match or, you know, who knows? So I'm happy. Things worked out well. Yeah. Well, I think the redeeming grace for you, at least, is that when you did get your reps, you statted well. And I mean, I watched every point he played last year and the year before. So <laughs> I saw every single point and I saw every point you played and, and you did the best you could given the reps that you got. And it's tough. It's another thing is tough, too. It's like, you know, whether you're playing baseball or football or whatever sport, you know, there's that mythical groove guys get into. And, and if you're yeah. not getting a lot of spins, it's tough to get in that groove. It's tough to come in cold and have to play at the level that the other guys that are playing the majority of the points are at because that's what's expected. And But that that's your struggle. That is the struggle of a person that I've been in that situation. A lot of people have been in that situation. And, you know, you, you just have to deal with it. But I think that you know, you did get, when you got your reps, you did well. But that being said, moving into 2014, unless you pick up another Sergey, I think that there's going to be opportunity or, and also responsibility for you to, uh, to, 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 to play really well over the, the span of a lot of points, because, you know, you're going to be one of those stories in 2014 where it's like, okay, well, they lost Sergey. If you look at, I mean, there's you got a couple guys that can play Snake One. You guys got a couple guys that can play up the center. You got a couple guys that can play on the Dritos, but you don't have a lot of guys that play that, you know, that two three. And uh, you know, I mean, so I, I just think that, well, I mean, obviously, you know, a lot of it shakes down, and I mean, who are you guys going to pick up, and how how's practice going to go in the off season, or what sort of layouts are we going to have, and what sort of plans are you guys going to devise for those layouts? There's, there's a lot of intangibles there, but. 
you know, I mean, what do you think about that? I mean, how are, are you thinking about that right now? Kind of like, oh, well, shit, man, I'm this, this may be my chance to get back in the starting lineup again and, and, you know, and get it done for the team. Oh, sure. I mean, it's, um, I'm just excited for everything to start again. You know, I don't, I'm not trying to look at it as, oh, well, finally we kicked Sergey out of here. So now I can help it. It'll be opened up for me to get out there and play more, no, <laughs> Yeah, you know, cause it was in watching Sergey. I think one of the things that had helped when a lot of guys would get switched out, you know, with Fedorov or Sergey or Mishka is the, the, um, the communication we have amongst ourselves and what worked. Right. So I know if I was going in and Sergey wasn't playing and I was going to play to his role, he'd fill me in on everything. He'd be like, hey, man, this is, you know, this is what I noticed. You need to do that. And of course, he's not speaking all the best English, but <laughs> that helped out a lot. But I, yeah, I'm definitely, I'm excited to go out there. Um, I, you know, I'd say I'm, I'm really excited to watch Ryan Smith play because um, he didn't get, he got less spins than I did. And he's saying, watching him play, it's one thing to say, get your spins in, pra- uh, in the tournament, but I've watched him play in practice and to see him come up. Um, throughout the years i'm excited to see him go out there and do damage uh and play and play a lot but it's just it's exciting you know it's a it's a challenge um and it's something that you have to embrace and, and work on and overcome and it's it's all for the team you know i've say going and playing with all the guys in south africa again just playing with the five of us was was a blast and so we had to, we missed out on on, uh, on lj because of his shoulder so hopefully he should be good to go in a month or so but it's just something i'm excited to do like we were all excited to get out and play together um, we're all excited to go out and practice, you know, with Jason in California and hopefully play against some of them Southern California teams. Um, so it's just, just embrace the challenge that's ahead and, and set those goals and work to overcome it. And I can't wait because somehow I fell in love with this crazy game of paintball. Yeah, you know, it's, it, it, <laughs> is, it is an interesting and uh, it's an interesting game and it definitely teaches you a lot about life and teaches a, a lot about yourself. That's really what the uh, that's. That I think is the Rosetta Stone there, you know, like paintball is the Rosetta Stone and or whatever you want to call it, man. We've, we've come up with so many different ways to describe it, but I think they all are true because it yeah. really is that, you know, that that thing uh, that you smash against. And, you know, it's the particle accelerator. You get out there, smash together, and there's going to be these dynamic moments that you are forced to act upon. And you're defined by how you act in those situations. And, yeah. and uh, I, you have to learn to embrace them, too. And I think. I know looking back at say 2012 and how successful we, we were, I think that's one thing I wish I would have done more, you know, and having, you have those moments that you go through a whole tournament and you work your, and you say for us, we spent two weeks before that tournament working our asses off and then you get to the event. And I think I, I kind of, I did a blog for you guys about this, but it's something that I always think of. Um, you work so hard and then the tournament's over and you have this, super crazy moment where you got Rab interviewing you and you guys are in the booth and Lauren's asking his questions and you were all screaming and shouting. But then for us, it's like you go to the hotel, everyone showered and you're, they were gone. And then you're back in the real world. You're back at work on Monday morning. And it's like, man, I really wish I would have, you know, embraced, you know, Sergey and Fedorov and Sam and Chad a little bit longer out there in the field and just looked around and like just smiled a little bit longer, you know, a little bit wider with all those guys because you know, for those, those are the moments you own, right? You got your hands in amongst 10 playing for the world cup world championship, you know, and you want to throw your guns up and scream with everybody. And, um, I think that's taught me a lot. It's just enjoying those moments with people, um, win or lose, you know, hopefully more in the winning sense. Cause that's, you know, that's awesome. But, uh, that's, that's something I say I'll always cherish and try to appreciate. And I can say to everyone out there, like, 
definitely do that. Live in those moments and just try and take a step outside the box and look back in and, and realize how precious they are. Because the next day, hey, you're going to be at work or you're going to be in school or you're going to be, you know, turning into Santa Claus with gray hair and not playing anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. No, well, and then also I think that, and not everyone gets to win, man, you know, because, yeah. dude, uh, hey, man, I won some tournaments and you won some tournaments and, you know, it's awesome to, to reach those heights, but that is not the, uh, those are the, the peaks. You know, you spend a lot more time in the valleys and you spend a lot of time climbing up that mountain. And it, it kind of reminds me of, uh, um, there's this ancient Greek myth of, uh, you ever heard of, uh, it's, uh, remember the name, it's uh, Sisyphus. And he's the guy who... Is that an STD? Uh, yeah, right? It's an STD, <laughs> pretty much. But uh, it's reoccurring over and over again, totally. But basically, like, so Sisyphus was this king, and he was this, like, really tricky asshole. And so the gods punished him. Um, it's like a longer myth, but essentially he'd anger the gods. And so uh, when he went to, to hell, essentially his punishment for eternity was to push this, this stone, this giant boulder, up this hill. And then as soon as he'd get close to the top, the boulder would be, you know, Zeus would come in and push it over and then would roll back down to the bottom of the hill and he'd have to start over again. And, uh, and there was this great writer, um, a French writer named Albert Camus, and he kind of reimagined this myth. Uh, this is like 150 years ago, but I, I think it's very fitting. And it, I've kind of grown Bought, or when I was in those valleys, which is where you spend most of your time, unless you're playing on heat in 2012, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, is that, is, is that he kind of reimagined, uh, you know, Sisyphus is happy in the sense that, you know, that the struggle towards the height is enough to fill a man's heart. And I think that that, it, you know, I think that there's, there's so much to be said, whatever it is you're doing, whether you're building your company or, you know, that day-to-day -day grind at school to get your degree or, you know, having to change dirty diapers or whatever it is that you do, you know, um, in order to build your life. If you can't find joy in that day-to-day -day existence, if you can't find joy in, you know, going to the field when it's winter and playing in the snow for practice, if you can't, and it goes back to something we said recently in another podcast and uh, is that, you know, Nick Diaz had said this thing, or Nate Diaz had said this thing when he was getting ready for, to fight George St. Pierre in his own quirky way, but he was basically echoing the same sentiment. And it was like, if you don't work hard enough that you hate this, then you don't really love it. You'll never find love in it. And, uh, oh, yeah. and I think that, that that is true. You know, I think that that's true. And I think that that applies to everything. And again, that's why paintball's dope, because it's a giant goddamn metaphor for what life, <laughs> life itself is. You know, and I think that, you know, that's why if you're, if you're, if you're a parent out here and you're listening to this, let your kid play tournament paintball because he will learn lessons about the world himself and other people and working within a team, um, that he can apply to everything, man. And I, I, I think it's, you know, it, that struggle is what defines you, not necessarily Amen. how far you got along the way, you know, because not everyone gets to play on a championship team, you know, and those, and that's why those moments are extra special when you do achieve something like that. I'm not saying don't revel in victory shit, man. If you win enjoy the spoils of your, of your, you know, of the toil that you had, but, but, uh, but yeah, man, it's, it, it's, it's just an interesting thing. I'm happy for you though. I'm, I'm interested to see how things are going to shake down for the team. Can, is there Thanks, any, man. can you give us any insight on who you guys are picking up yet? I mean, I know how, I know how it goes, but, uh, is there any news to break at all? I mean, there'll be guys, kind of medium height, maybe uh, wearing, wearing jer jerseys occasionally. Jerseys, they might, you know, they might use a pump, might not. 
I'd like to mix it up. You know, honestly, <laughs> I don't even know all that much. You know, I've heard some mix of some names. Honestly, I was like, hey, man, this is way till after the holidays. Like, <laughs> I'm going to be playing paintball everywhere still. But, like, <laughs> but hey, the powers that be, I'll let them worry about it. X's and O's. I'm just a player. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or so I think. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's, that's, it's tough sometimes to, you know, I mean, I feel that way with the league, you know, I don't, I don't control things. So people come to me and what's about, what's going on with this? What's going on with that? I'm yeah. Like, 10.2 balls a second. Oh my God. It's the, the, what? the animals are walking in twos. It's the end of the world. 10.2 balls a second. My God. I got the PSP. I'm not playing anymore. <laughs> they're, they're, those guys are crazy. Who runs this stuff? Oh man. It's, it's yeah, whatever. I mean, I'm excited for that. That'll be fun. Yeah, 10.2, 12 point. I, I, my official view on that is I don't care. I don't care yeah, whether it's 10.2. Exactly. I don't care it's, if it's 12.5 or 12.4. To me, the mark of an amateur is to worry about shit like that. Like, I don't care. Like, it just, I, I, I don't, I mean, I, yes, it'd be cool to have, you know, if it's, it's like, hey, what do you think about this? And I'll tell people what I think about it. But, dude, I've played every type of paintball that you can imagine. And it's exactly. all, it's all fun, dude. It's all fun. I enjoy all of it. To me, it's like, when I was playing, it wasn't necessarily all of this periphery stuff of how fast the guns are shooting and what the bunker field is laid out and this and that. I mean, it's like I remember talking to Alex Frazier about a layout that had come out that I thought was actually cool. I was like, hey, what do you think about this layout? And he was like, whatever, man. It's a paintball field. You know? Exactly, yeah. It's a, it's a yeah. puzzle to be solved. That's it. Mm -hmm. And and the, the joy lies in solving the puzzle, not the puzzle itself. It kind of goes back to the same shit we were just talking about, you know, yeah, so, very it's, well put. you know, so it's, and, and so it's, you know what, you know, and, and I understand the points back and forth and you can argue it from both perspectives, but it's, as long as the be other best dudes in the, all the care, all, all I cared about, I didn't care what we were doing, whether it was with goddamn slingshots or cheating machine <laughs> guns with ramping board, shooting 320, 25 balls a second. I just want the best dudes in the world on the other side of the hurt. field. And I want to play those guys. And that's because I want the, the hardest test I can get. That's what I want, you know? So it does not matter to me what all of the, you know, just surround us with whatever circumstance you want. And let's play against the other best guys in the world with on the same, you know, with the same limitations or additions or whatever, and then see where the chips fall. That's all I cared about. So that's my official statement on that. You no, know? I think, I don't think you could have put that any better. You know, I, that's one of the things I know I've lived for is just being able to go out there and say I'm on the you know I'm on the field with Dynasty I'm on the field with the Russian Legion I'm on the field with Trauma or All Americans Strange whoever you know all in my history who I've played with um, the Ironman AfterShock and to play against the best and to be respected by your peers and then win that's yeah I like that yeah absolutely well cool man thank you for sitting in appreciate it yeah thank you for having me no problem. Um, when you do uh, find out who those dudes wearing the, right wearing the jerseys and potentially shooting guns that are going to play on Houston Heat for 2014, when you do find that out, let me know so we can let the world know. Um, yeah, I'll, in, I'll text you. Yeah, te ASAP. text me ASAP um, and so we can let the world know. Inquiring minds want to know. And uh, everyone out there in the interwebs land, make sure... Like all our content, man, help us, pre uh, you know, help us preach the paintball gospel. We got a lot of cool things coming in 2014 for PBA. We're going to more breakdowns of podcasts. And, uh, yeah, man, follow us on Instagram, us on Facebook, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah, Nick, thanks for, thanks for sitting in with me, man. I really appreciate it. Best of luck to you in 2014. And we, do you have any sponsors you want to thank before we sign off? I'd like to thank the wonderful GI Sports, uh, Richmond Italian, Opie, that crazy little dude. 
Rab, you're nuts. Uh, DLX, Daryl, Adam, and all those guys. Uh, my Mama D, Mama Delicious. Without her, all things would not exist. We would we would not be able to make it to all the events and the rest of the Heat family. Uh, Nana. Um, yeah, paintball access. Thank you. And I'd say everyone, like Maddie said, support the support that and watch those games, man. You want to learn how to get better? Watch paintball access. <laughs> And I think that's a good way to end it. So, hey, thank you guys for checking out the Real Deal Podcast. Oh, Raza. Sorry, Todd. Don't want to forget about you. Yes. (laughs) Buy Todd's stuff. (laughs) Yeah. And have a merry, merry Christmas. And I will see you guys next time. Peace.